Well, this time of the year, we are waiting on the arrival of many things. Some of us are waiting on the arrival of gifts. I, I, I ordered a couple gifts. I saw a couple of Facebook ads that caught my eye. It's dangerous. And I ordered a couple gifts from sites that are not Amazon. And uh, I, I'm nervously awaiting to see, A, if they actually are real things or if I got scammed, <laughs> and B, if they're going to be here on time. Nothing worse than a Christmas gift that's not here by Christmas. And so I'm anxiously awaiting the arrival of these gifts. Um, some of you maybe are anxiously awaiting the feasts that awaits you Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, we have a tradition now, thanks to the generosity of some people in our church, who every Pastor's, Appreci uh, Pastor's Appreciation Day, they give me gift cards to Cat's Deli, which is one of the greatest delis in the world, located in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And they ship their food, specifically their pastrami, all over the world. And so every year I order a couple pounds of pastrami and I'm awaiting the arrival of that because one of our traditions now is on Christmas Eve to make Reuben sandwiches. I'm awaiting the arrival of that beautiful box from Cat's Deli. Others of you are awaiting the arrival of family and friends that are going to come in town and stay with you. And some of you are really happy about it. And some of you maybe have mixed feelings about it, but they're coming and you're waiting for their arrival. Maybe the arrival of just the right amount of snow on Christmas, right? I mean, I think we can all agree that although we don't like a lot of snow, the one day of the year you'd like a little bit of snow on the ground is Christmas morning, and we just kind of wait for that. And then just the arrival of the actual evening, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, it's, it's a season of waiting for arrivals. And this morning we're beginning our Christmas series, which is called Arrival. It's a course about Jesus, the Son of God, arriving on earth. God wrapped in humanity, um, the incarnation, Jesus, fully God and fully man, arrives on planet earth. And what does it mean? What does it mean for all of us? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for you? And this morning, we're going to talk about the arrival of Jesus uh, in this way, that it's the arrival of the light, the light. And we're going to look at a passage in the Gospel of John, John chapter 1, beginning in verse 4, where John, the apostle of Jesus, is writing about Jesus coming into the world as light. Beginning in verse 4, it says this, In Jesus was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Amen? <laughs> there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, he's not writing about himself here. He's writing about John the Baptist, who's different than John the Apostle. John the Baptist, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light. He came to bear witness about the light, the true light, which indicates, by the way, that there are false lights. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. This is actually giving us a look at the eternal nature of Jesus, that he didn't show up at the incarnation, that he existed for all of eternity. In fact, he was there at creation. The world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Verse 11, he came to his own, speaking specifically here of the Jewish people, but his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right, this speaks of a legal uh, right, the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man, meaning not born naturally, but of God, born of the Spirit. 
Verse 14, and the word, Jesus, became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This morning, I want to talk to you about the light, the significance of the light, the strength of the light, and the source of the light. So first, the significance of the light. I think it's funny how, you know, every December, we kind of have the same conversations with other Syracuse people, and we always act surprised as if it's the first time we're having the conversation. So, for example, we're always surprised the first time it snows. Anyone else notice that the first time it snows, everyone forgets how to drive in the snow. The first time it snows, I try not to go anywhere that day because I know everybody has forgotten all she got to do is slow down just a little bit. Don't drive crazy and you'll be okay. But somehow in the course of just the short months since we've last driven in the snow, everybody forgets how to drive in the snow. Another thing that we often forget is the, how crazy the mall gets this time of the year, or the traffic on 31. If you're trying to get from the 41 overpass over uh, past Wegmans, it's just crazy trying to turn left on it there. We're like, I can't believe the traffic. It's like every year we have these conversations. But then one conversation that we have every year, even though it's going to happen next year, and it happened last year, and it happened this year, is how it gets dark early. <laughs> Come on, you've had that conversation with somebody by now. I can't believe how, how dark it is already. Really? Every year? I mean, every year this happens, and every year we're like so surprised. You know, the shortest day of the year is December 21st. On December 21st, there are less than nine hours of daylight in Syracuse. 15 hours uh, to stay inside and eat. <laughs> but today, today is actually the earliest sunset there will be all year today. At today... I mean, I know we don't even see the sun, so it almost doesn't, it's not, almost not relevant. But if we could see the sun, it sets today at 429. 429, the sun sets, which means sitting here this morning, you have less than seven hours of daylight left to get everything done that you want to get done. We're always surprised how dark it gets when it gets dark so early. And when we think about the significance of the light, I think the significance of the light of Jesus is summarized in this one phrase that John writes, the light shines in the darkness. The light shines in the darkness. And what makes the light significant is the darkness. If there was no darkness, then the light wouldn't really matter. These lights that are shining on me right now would be somewhat useless if the rest of this room was fully lit because the rest of the room is dim. These lights are important and they're, they're significant so that you can see me. What makes light so significant, so necessary, so important is that there is darkness. Most of us by now have cell phones that have flashlights on them, right? You've used that flashlight before, but we don't use the flashlight on a bright, sunny day when we're outside. We use it like yesterday. I was in my basement because yesterday morning, one of my daughter's friends, or sorry, Friday night, one of my daughter's friends stayed over. Saturday morning, she had to leave early. We didn't know she was leaving early, so we didn't turn the alarm off. And so she goes out the front door, and we're all dead asleep, and this alarm, the ADT alarm goes off, and it is like the most high-pitched, loud, screaming thing you've ever heard. And we've been laughing since that moment about how each of us responded to that moment. One of my daughters did not wake up. Like, she now is convinced that if there's ever an emergency, she's, the, she's done for. <laughs> One of my daughters got up, and not knowing what kind of alarm it was, began to pat the handle on her door to make sure there wasn't a fire in the hallway. Really smart, right? I like to say I taught her that, but she actually learned that from an episode of The Office where Dwight Schrute starts a fire in the office. I reached for my phone thinking, I gotta silence this thing and we have an app. I'm gonna silence this and I wanna see which 
alarm has been tripped. And my wife, Erin, for whatever reason, she shot out of bed like a cannon and sprinted down the stairs, like toward danger. And later I was like, what were you going to do? Like, if there was an intruder, what was your plan? Wait for me next time to come with you. So we spent most of the morning in our basement trying to figure out what was going on because our ADT didn't communicate with the central system. So the police were never called. So we're like, what's the point of an alarm system if it's not hooked up to a greater system? And so I'm down there in the dark, and I got my cell phone out, and I got my flashlight out. And what gives the flashlight value in that moment is that the basement is dark. And when Jesus came into this world as a light to shine, what gives that light such value? Why we so desperately need that light so much is because there's so much darkness. There's so much darkness. You know, Jesus, when we think about his birth, he was born in the darkness of night. Uh, he was born likely not in the darkness of a nice barn, but probably the darkness of a cave. He was born into a time that was dark for the Jewish people, where they were under the rule of the Romans and being oppressed, at least culturally and socially, by the Gentiles. He was, he, his actual birth was marked by darkness. There were questions around the nature of his birth because Mary and Joseph, of course, were not married yet. And, and on the heels of his birth, there was the darkness of a, a psychotic ruler who ordered the mass murder of all boys to and under. And this is the world into which Jesus is born. Just the start, Jesus came into a dark world to shine. And Jesus' light is a light of life. That's what John says. His, li his life was the light of all men. It's a, it's a light of truth. Jesus comes to shine truth where there's lies and deception. He, he comes to shine hope where there is despair. He comes to shine grace where there is guilt and shame. He comes to uh, shine mercy where there is a need for forgiveness. He comes to shine favor where there is none. And still today, the light of Jesus shines in the darkness. And there's darkness all around us, right? So, so there's three types of darkness I just want us to think about this morning. There's the darkness around us. And, and I kind of categorize the darkness around us in two categories. One is evil and one is despair. There's evil in this world. There's evil things happening around us. And it's easy to feel like somehow the darkness is advancing and the darkness is winning. And yet the light shines in the darkness, there are dangers around us from the evil that tell us narratives and tell us stories and try to convince us that certain things are true. But then also there's the darkness of despair, and this is a real one, right? This is a real one. Um, researchers tell us that this season of the year doesn't just bring joy to many, it actually brings deep despair to many. In fact, the rates of depression and suicidal thoughts tend to climb during the holidays as people are confronted with their loneliness and the things that they have lost, and despair is a real thing. You know, there's people in our church family who are going through tremendously difficult challenges, and it would be easy to be swallowed up with the darkness. We have families in our church. We have uh, two ladies in our church, Bethany and Kim, who lost their mom just over a week ago. They'll go through Christmas without their mom. Just yesterday, our friends Ray and Lillian lost their son, Matthew. I mean, they, they lost him from this earth, but Matthew's home with Jesus, and we give God thanks for that. And in these moments, it's easy to just get swallowed up in darkness. And yet darkness is exactly why Jesus came. And darkness is where we can best see and appreciate his light. And the truth is, is while I'm not thankful for the darkness of this world, I do know that if there was no darkness in this world, I wouldn't see the light of Jesus. I wouldn't be able to appreciate how good he is. There's darkness around us. Imagine just for a minute trying to navigate life without the light of Jesus. 
And the good news of Christmas is it tells us we don't have to. The light came to shine in the darkness. So there's a darkness around us. There's also darkness between us. And I'd have to say that in the Christmas season, this can get challenging. You're going to be around in the next few weeks. You're going to be around family that you're only around every now and then. And and, uh, you're going to get around a table and you're going to share a meal. And the conversations are going to shift to a topic that you don't agree on. Or past pains and past regrets are going to come up, and there's going to these are complicated seasons, and there's there's truly darkness between many of us. There are relational challenges, and how many of you learned that relational challenges tend to bring the greatest pain in our lives? The greatest pain in our lives is done to us and experienced by us from people who we love and spend a lot of life with. But here's how the light of Jesus helps us. The light of Jesus shows us how to forgive. How to The light of Jesus shows us Jesus dying on a cross, praying for those who are killing him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You know, forgiveness, some people say, well, they're not sorry. They don't have to be sorry for you to forgive them. It has nothing to do. It's not about them. It's about you forgiving them, you know? Forgiveness, by the way, is not the same thing as trust. You can forgive somebody without extending to them the same sort of trust and access moving forward. That's that's called wisdom, right? We choose to forgive, not because they deserve it, but because we want to live free. We want the light to shine in our hearts and not the darkness. And so forgiveness is not even about setting them free. Forgiveness is about setting yourself free. And the only way forward with the darkness between us is to be a people who know how much we've been forgiven of so that we are quick to forgive others. The light of Jesus shows us how to serve others, how to love others. In fact, interestingly enough, in all of the scriptures, the only name that Jesus gives himself that he also gives to us is the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world, but then he also says, you are the light of the world. That light of Jesus is supposed to shine through us, and where should it shine? It should shine in our relationships with one another. There's so many passages in the scripture that say, Our vertical faith, our faith, our relationship with Jesus must be expressed in our horizontal relationships. If you say you love God but you hate your brother, the Bible says you're a liar. And so there's a way in which it's great if you have a relationship with Jesus, but if it is not expressing itself in relationship with others, something is not aligned properly. It's supposed to flow through us, into us, and flow through us. So you are the light of the world, the darkness between us. And the last type of darkness I want to talk about is the darkness within us, the darkness within us. You know, all of you at some point have probably tried to get ready in the morning in the darkness of a room. You're not turning the light on because you don't want to wake somebody up. And that's when you walk out of the house and you look down and you have two different color socks on. Come on, everybody's done that at some point, right? Because what does the darkness do? The darkness prevents us from seeing ourselves right. And this is what happens with the darkness within us. We can't see ourselves right. Please, please, please do not depend upon yourself to know what your issues are. Do not depend upon yourself to see yourself properly. No one has lied to you in your life more than you have. And this is the way that we're wired. This is the way that blind spots work, is that we can't see things about ourselves. And one of the great dangers of darkness is that in the natural and in the spiritual, our eyes adjust, right? You can walk into a room where it's too dark to see anything, but what happens within a few moments? Your eyes adjust, and now you can see things. And what happens over time, if there's darkness in your heart, your eyes will adjust, And you'll begin to think things are okay, and you'll begin to think that you're okay. This darkness within us is the darkness for which Jesus came to shine his light, to free us of our sin, to free us of uh, our wrong attitudes, our bad behaviors, and to free us even of the despair that we experience. There is a light, and the light shines in the darkness. Last week, I was talking with my daughter, Madeline, who's nine, 
<clears throat> at bedtime, and I was asking her some things about her day. And she, as many of you know, has cerebral palsy, so she gets services at school. And so I was asking her, what services did you receive at school today? And she said, I received PT, which is physical therapy. And then she says, I was supposed to get APE, but I ended up stuck in science. APE is adaptive physical education. It's gym class, but it's with special adaptations for her needs. And so I said to her, why didn't you get AP? She goes, I don't know. I could tell she wasn't happy about it. And I said, well, do you not like science? She goes, no, I don't like science at all. I don't like science. I said, why not? She goes, science is not my forte. <laughs> I was like, well, how do you know that word? How do you know how to use that word? Science is not my forte. You know what? The good news is this. The darkness is light's forte. The darkness, scary as it may be at times, as disorienting as it may be at times, it is the best backdrop for light. And when Jesus came, his light came not to shine in a bright spot, but to shine in the darkness. So have hope this morning. Whatever darkness you're in, whatever darkness is in you, there's a light that shines, and his name is Jesus. The second thing that we learn from this is the strength of the light. Verse 4 and 5, let's just look at it again. In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and I love this, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light cannot be overcome. And if you're watching the news and, 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 and uh, you know, reading articles online, it can feel like times the darkness is winning. And yet God's word is true. There's a light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome the lights. It doesn't mean that there isn't a battle. It doesn't mean that there isn't a work for us to do in prayer and in partnership with God. But what it does mean is this. When it's all said and done, all that will be left is lights. Light will overwhelm and overcome all darkness because true light cannot be overcome. I did some studying this week online about the relationship between light and darkness. And darkness does not exist by itself as a unique physical entity. Darkness is simply the absence of light. So darkness does not put out light. Light scatters darkness. And that is true both naturally and true spiritually. So do not lose hope. It can feel like darkness is winning, but the true light of Jesus cannot be overcome. Look at Jesus. Everywhere he walked on this earth, every situation that he walked into, light scattered darkness. When there was sickness, Jesus would walk in and he would bring health and life. When there was a man possessed by many demons, Jesus would walk in and set him free. When there were hearts that were filled with hate, Jesus would bring love. When there were hearts that were broken, Jesus would bring comfort. When there were hearts that were cowardly, Jesus would bring strength and courage. Every situation Jesus walks into, he brings light. In fact, the Jewish um, law regarding cleanliness meant that any time someone who was clean was touched by someone who was unclean, they then became unclean, the darkness over the light. And yet Jesus, when the woman with the issue of blood crawled through the crowd and grabbed hold of the hem of Jesus as he was on his way to perform another miracle, technically by the Jewish law, that should have rendered Jesus ceremonially unclean. And yet she's the one who received his power and became clean. He was the only one who, when the unclean touched the clean, the unclean became clean. And when the dark encounters the light, the dark becomes light. Now, in the darkness of this world, the truth is we all look for lights in many different ways. That's why I like how John says he was the true light who gives light to everyone. He's teaching us two things in, that short, in those short two phrases. Number one, there are false lights out there. 
There are other things that promise to navigate darkness with you and for you, and you're going to find, and you have found many of you, that they will not overcome the darkness. It may feel like they are. They may one day, but they will not the next. There's a true light, which means there's false lights, but also the true light gives light to everyone, which means that one of the ways that you know that it's the light of Jesus is that it works for everyone, and it's available to everyone. And so, if the, so let me just break this down. If the light is wealth, wealth, is that available to everyone? Realistically, it's not, right? If the, if, the, if the light is power, does everybody have that all the time? Of course not. If the light is control, do any of us ever have that? No. But if the true light is Jesus, then we can always have that light. And he gives light to everyone. See, there are lesser lights. There are false lights. And these lights are dangerous because we will begin to follow them into the darkness. And what we'll find is they just lead us to more darkness. Lesser lights. This time of the year, there's a lot of lesser lights. They're hanging up on your houses. They're hanging up on your trees. These are artificial lights. You know, and I, we, don't, we don't do a lot of that in my house. My girls would love it. You know, and every Christmas, I feel like I get shamed by my family because we, do we don't do a lot of lights on our houses. And, and maybe you're wondering, why don't you put Christmas lights up? And you might think, are you lazy? Hard to prove, right? <laughs> do you lack the skill to do so? Possible. Are you thinking you're just going to have to take them down in six weeks? A hundred percent. Are you not festive enough? No. Are you a bad dad? I hope not. You know why I don't put Christmas lights out? Two words. Light pollution. Light pollution. I care about the environment. Light pollution. <laughs> Light pollution is the excessive or poor use. This is an actual definition off the internet. Light pollution is the excessive or poor use of artificial or outdoor light. It disrupts the natural patterns of wildlife. You guys are doing this to the animals. It, it contributes to the increase in carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. It disrupts human sleep, thanks for nothing, and it obscures the stars in the night sky. You guys are maniacs putting your lights up and contributing to light pollution. You're welcome for me not doing it, girls. <laughs> What jumped out at me in this definition, and of course I'm, I'm, being, I'm joking here, but what jumped out at me is that it says that light pollution, and your Christmas lights are not doing it, they're talking about other types of artificial lights, that it can actually obscure the stars in the night sky, steals the glory and the beauty from the greater lights. And this is what lesser lights will do, is they will steal the glory and the beauty from the true light. And the only strength that we'll ever be able to hold on to is the true light, the light that gives us truth, hope, peace, and the love we need. And that love and that light cannot be overcome. Jesus said this way in John 16, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In this world, here's a promise from Jesus. You won't like the first one, but you're going to like the second one. In this world, you will have tribulation. Jesus promises it. So anybody who preaches and teaches that Christians shouldn't suffer or struggle, bring them to this passage. You will have tribulation, but here's the good news. Take heart, because I have overcome the world. I am the true light, and darkness cannot overcome the light. Darkness will never defeat Jesus. Jesus went to the darkness of the cross, to the darkness of the tomb, and on the third day, he came out with the light of life and resurrection power for you and me. And if death could not hold Jesus, then nothing can. And so we have this great hope. It's the strength of our light. And then lastly this morning, I asked Pastor Antonia to join me, the source, the source of the light. Where does this light come from? And the answer is in our text, verses 8 and 9. 
Speaking of John the Baptist, it says he was not the light. But you could put your name in there. You are not the light. I am not the light. But we're here to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Now this, he was not the light. Before we just kind of skip past that, let's talk about who this he was. This he was John the Baptist. John the Baptist is not a nobody. In fact, in Matthew eleven eleven, do you know what Jesus says about John the Baptist? Jesus said, truly I say to you, among those born of women, basically anyone ever, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. So when John says that John the Baptist was not the light, it's a pretty powerful statement because Jesus said there's never been anyone greater, human-wise, than John the Baptist. And so if we put these two verses together, here's what we can conclude. The best of us is not the light. The best of us could never be the light. We are not the light. See, listen, as I close, the message of Christmas is not about human ingenuity, It's not about the will of people picking themselves up by their bootstraps and saving themselves or crawling out of whatever hole they found themselves in. The message of Christmas is not about the wonder of human accomplishments. It's not about the efforts of well-meaning people. The message of Christmas is not even about moral excellence and spiritual experiences and religious faithfulness. The message of Christmas is this. You were in darkness and there's a light that came for you. See, we are not the light. We need the lights. And the heart of the gospel is this. The light you need is not inside you. There are many false teachers, many new age sort of messages out there who say, oh, the light's inside of you. Just let it out. That's not what the gospel says. The gospel says the light was never going to come from you, so the light had to come for you. And that's what Christmas is about. Last Sunday in our 8.30 a.m. pre-service all-team huddle where we pray together. You're, by the way, you, any of you can come to that if you want. Leanne uh, Warbeck brought us to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, one of my favorite verses, one of my favorite prophecies about Jesus. It says this, the people who've walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who have dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light shone. On them has light shone. I'm so glad that by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the prophet Isaiah did not say, those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, from them has light shone. If that word said from, then all of our hopes rest on our shoulders. All of our hopes rest on you and me getting our act together, finding the right artificial light and following it through the darkness as best as we can. But because that little word doesn't say from, but it says on or upon, it means that there is a light that did not come from us, but it came for us. And that light is sure, and that light is strong, and that light is able, and that light is ours, and that light is Jesus. Let's pray together this morning.